Live from Guttercat Studios in the Metaverse, it's time for another episode of the Crazy About Crypto Show. And now here's your host, Crazy Carl. Hey, yo, what is going on? It's so good to see so many people already in this space. And if you're listening to the podcast, hello from all around the world. And welcome to the Crazy About Crypto Show, an interactive live podcast on Twitter Spaces for anyone exploring crypto and wanting to learn from others that have already dived into the space. From NFT artists to savvy crypto investors to everyday people just like you and I, this is a place where we can come together and learn about this new wave of innovation. Today's guest is a fellow Twitter Spaces personality, and I couldn't be more excited to have him on to share his journey with those that have followed him since the beginning. I always love having guests that I've been able to watch grow from the sidelines, and I've been doing just that with today's guest. Co-host of one of the top shows in the space, NFT Morning Alpha, he shows up every day to help onboard and share insights with the community as they begin another day grinding in the NFT ecosystem. He also hosts the NFT Nick Show podcast and is the founder of the Nifty.com where he builds aspiring and successful NFT collectors and builders through resources like newsletters and job boards. A builder in every sense of the word, it's my honor to share the stage today with the one and only NFT Nick. What is going on, man? How are you doing? That is an incredible intro and it just makes me feel like an incredible person, so thank you for that. You are an incredible person. You're doing a lot for the community, man. You're doing, um, you're, you, t- to show up, I've got mad respect for you because not only are you showing up and doing like one avenue of building or like one channel, but you've just got like all of these networks um, that you're building so that the, all these different platforms. And so I think that's really cool. And, and as someone that's building and doing shows in the space, I know what kind of grinding that takes and the, the hours. So uh, just like hats off to you for for doing all this to help um, to help bridge the gap and get more people involved in the NFT ecosystem, man. Well, they say you got to give to get, so that's how I view it. A hundred percent, and I totally agree with that. That is the right mentality, and I mean, that is the uh, what Web3 encompasses and embodies. So I think that is, that's basically the right take, and if you're listening, that's basically all you need. Now we can end the show. Thanks for coming. This has been fun, Nick. <laughs> No. All right. <laughs> you got to you got to give to get. That's good, man. All right, what I want to do, I want to start with you just sharing a little bit about your journey in the crypto or NFT space, whichever came first. Um I I also want to set the context because well, I, we can do that later, I guess, but uh, it, my entry into crypto itself was um I bought uh Bitcoin I had a roommate who was like mining Bitcoin many years ago when uh, Bitcoin was pennies. And I'm pretty sure I got some on a computer, which I have no idea what happened to it. So whatever. Uh, But um, and maybe 2011, uh, 2013, I got to go and look back at my uh, inbox. But definitely by 2013, I bought Bitcoin at around 100 bucks. and then sold it for a 50% gain, huge win. And then uh, I also eventually bought Ethereum, thousands of Ethereum, uh, full Ethereum at uh, $9 each. And 
sold those at $11. Huge win yet again. Huge Heck yeah, that's almost 20%. Great, great. Probably pretty yeah. fast too. Yeah, massive returns. Only in a co- like a week or two. It was pretty incredible. <laughs> um, and so at that point in time, uh, I was familiar with it. Uh, I was living in San Francisco. And a lot of people, there were a lot of investors who were talking about it. Oftentimes, though, you were always like, I'm not sure if these people are crazy. Uh, they were. Um, I'm not sure if they're accurate. They, they turned out to be. Um, but it, it was sort of just this thing where you're like, I don't understand this, but I'm going to get involved. And then I sort of just uh, didn't get involved. That was the end of it for many years until 2017 when I the ICO boom was happening. I started making stupid uh, YouTube videos. I'd wanted to do video stuff. And I... Sorry, there. I had a, I had a call coming. Um, so I had a, a video show on YouTube where I would uh, kind of make fun of a lot of these ICOs that were going off. It was like a daily show, but for uh, essentially reviewing ICO videos and some of this other, some of these other things. Um, and I was really exploring the space and I got really passionate about it. But uh, I got a job and I ran out of time because producing those videos each day took about six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 2021, uh, and end of 2020, I was getting real tired with the job that I had. Um, I'd been running an agency, but I went and got hired. And, uh, I basically, it, when the people thing happened, someone on my show that I'd started in February brought up NFTs. And then the Beeple sale happened, the 67 million or 69 million is a, a better number to call it. Yeah. Um, is uh, that happened? And I was like, oh, this is a tsunami. And when that, when that happened, I was just like, you go all in. And I did that before with Facebook. And I just saw the same thing happening again. And I'm like, you don't question it, you just go. You know, I love your, your journey because it reminds me a lot of my own just in terms of. Uh, when I finally had conviction, because I was like watching things during the Mount Gox days and uh, remember researching and doing doing kind of dabbling into crypto when it was first mm-hmm. starting. I tried to download a wallet even back when I was in college and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, this shit's never going to take like you can't even I'm, I'm trying to tr- just download a wallet on my my laptop and I can't figure it out. Uh, and so but but during the financial crisis in like 2009 2010 uh you know it really became clear that like we were like mon- like monetary policy was becoming much more of an interest to me and like you know uh looking at how we were dealing with stimulus and and so i i was i invested heavily in like gold and silver in like two that from like 2012 all the way to like 17 uh and you know it was like the right basically the right mindset but like the wrong asset uh and but i think 2017 was really the was really the moment like you said that i had my conviction moment where i was like yeah this isn't gonna go away like this i was wrong i need to just like i need to i just need to transition i need to stop buying all this hard gold and silver like obviously this doesn't make sense we're not gonna go back to an age where we're 
where we're like bartering with coins. I just need to stop this and go go and get into this digital weird world that no one has ever explored before. And now here we are. So I want you I'd love to hear kind of when that conviction moment happened for you when you were like, yeah, this isn't like this is for sure taking like I need to I need to be going all in and investigating and researching this. Was that during the ICO craze? Uh, the research into crypto didn't, the ICO one I thought was ludicrous. I saw crypto kitties at that point in time. I was not aware of crypto punks because I wasn't reading Mashable. I had a, uh, personal, uh, I, I would say I had a personal vendetta, but they were a, at one point I was uh, competing with them. Basically I had a publishing business covering the social media space and uh, sold that to a company here in New York, actually. So I had run a publishing business and, uh, so I wasn't reading that. So I missed the Mashable article about CryptoPunks, which I which I hate. Um, and then uh, I, I would and I and using it in MetaMask was like so confusing to me. Ironically, it's the exact same thing today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it was so complicated. I was like, this isn't going anywhere. This is dumb. Screw this. I'm out. That was I just like wrote it off. That's usually a bullish indicator. If I write something off. Uh, that's the beginning of something that's promising what uh usually i come around like i said wave two like i need further validation um but if it's something that's borderline infuriating to me that's actually a really good indicator uh but i don't know it yet yeah Um, right so i was just looking at the ico stuff and i thought this is ridiculous and i was dabbling in trading because i like trading like i was trading stocks i was trading uh shit coins like everybody else i was trading crypto and yeah i got into that and i'd look i have a buddy who i'd chat with and we'd uh, exchange and at, at some point a group of people and we'd be like okay what about this project or what about that project so i was doing that during that 2017 boom like a lot of people um but when it stopped and everything uh sort of slowed down i just forgot about it and went away frankly like a lot of other people um and then, uh, yeah, then I, I, I really wasn't like fully invested in researching it to be completely honest until, um, I mean, during that time I was reading white papers and checking out the APIs and documentation around these things, but it was, it was only surface level. I wasn't building anything. Um, and then once the people thing happened this year, I was just like, Oh, I'm just going to commit my life to this. Yeah, so NFTs were really what what gave you conviction then, more so than cryptocurrency. It wasn't just NFTs; it was the Beeple sale, like literally the Beeple sale. <laughs> just, just the volume, just like just the fact that it could go for so much. You just like knew it wasn't going to go away, or what? What was a what was about that moment that made you made you bullish? I'd seen it before with Facebook. Uh, first, you end up. Like I forget what the saying is. First they hate you, then the whatever. But uh, the uh, the same thing happened with Facebook. There were people, you know, adults who would be like, "This Facebook thing's stupid." The same thing they'd say about dating apps. The same thing they'd say about all these different things that everybody is using now. Everyone would say that exact same thing. And uh, what I saw was was the beginnings of that. And people that were offended, how polarizing it is, the energy usage, all these other different things. When you the, the, all that matters is that it created uh, it, it planted a seed in people's minds. And that is all you need, really, is once that exists, 
then everything will follow basically. And if you can see the seeds of a community and an idea of which thousands of people are part of and a movement is beginning, you don't, I, I don't need any other validation because I know that humans will manifest something great out of that basically. They're, they're self-interested, they're self-motivated, this space rewards that. And that's part of what's beautiful about the entire ecosystem. And it just made so much sense to me that, I, that all, all that it was in that case, this, the amount of it was like, whoa, this is significant. And no one places a bet like that without true conviction that this is actually going to be something and or self-interest, which is what was the case here. You know, yeah, Medicovin yeah. ultimately wants more people to believe in this NFT thing. And uh, they succeeded at that. Like that's what they did. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was that was the beginning of the first massive wave of just like, I mean, that was back in the day when it was more of one of one artists. I mean, PFPs and profile pictures before you know beyond the crypto punks weren't really even around yet. Um, you know, bored apes, gutter cats, those were kind of the first two that took, and they started at the the end of may or no at the beginning of may board apes were beginning of may so it was just i 100 percent agree that it's like yeah this is a this that was kind of the trigger uh to start 2020 that just like um opened the floodgates into this nft world but i okay so now now that we know when that moment happened for you i am curious uh from honest obviously like as a as an investor, we usually start in these spaces being curious of being like, okay, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. I want to make money. I see people making money here. Like, like you said, there's that self interest. Uh, but then, as you get more involved in into the blockchain and into the space, you start to see how powerful like the tech is and how different it is from what we've seen before. So, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your journey understanding the blockchain and how powerful and what it means for smart contracts. What all these things can do to kind of elevate elevate people and stop um, basically allowing companies or corporate America like using us as products. Uh, if you can kind of just explain how that journey happened and your conviction in, in, in terms of the blockchain with that. I wish I could say it was some long journey to, to manifest. I had already researched blockchain technology back in 2017 and before that, uh, like in 2013 when I had first bought this. And uh, I bought Ethereum because I was sitting next to some guy in a coffee shop who was trading. And I was like, what are you trading? And he said Ethereum. And I was like, and I started asking questions. And he was like, it's Bitcoin, but it's programmable. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. Like, I've been writing about Facebook and uh, developer platforms. My audience heavily was biased towards developers because I could read API documentation and make a story out of it. I could code on it also if I wanted, which I did. Um, but uh Honestly, so you saw the power. You saw the power in it. You just did. You just not think it was gonna. You just didn't believe it was. It was gonna take, or you thought it was too small of a market cap, or. A lot of developer platforms. Managing a developer platform is not an easy thing. There's people trying to sell you tools all the time and saying, yeah. "Well, in integrate with us. Use our aggregator." Of it. And that's happening right now. You're seeing a lot of aggregators of mm -hmm. blockchain information where you want to plug into it. There's a lot of questions that you have to answer as a business owner to say, is this company going to be around in a while? How yeah. many clients do they have? How much funding do they have? Like, there's all sorts of things that you need to answer. And how, how effective are they at, at managing a development platform? Like, there's all sorts of questions that I think uh, follow suit with that. And so 
when I saw that and I saw the documentation, it was, it, it, I, it was impossible for me to go code something easily on Ethereum when I first saw it. It was just mm -hmm. too foreign and too complicated where it was not easy for me and I just didn't have the patience to do it. Ironically, I, at that point, uh, start, soon enough had launched my own um, development shop, basically. I had my own agency building software products for clients. I built, I would basically launch their startup. Uh, so I, I would build, uh, I, and I've been a developer for like over 20 years now. So uh, I would read the documentation just be like, I can't build this, but the dream of it makes so much sense. And I understand that. And, and so I didn't need confirmation for that again. Yeah. Once you see a lot of people operating on it, well, that's validation. And that's all that matters. Because yeah. once you have users, in the case of Facebook, a bunch of people came and built apps. Farmville came out of that. There were other companies that I knew had friends who made a lot of money of building on top of those platforms at that time. But what mattered more than anything was the users were there. And, and that's what we have today. Yeah, no, I that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like that's what in in if looking back and kind of my journey, that's what made me transition from, you know, like, like the hard asset of gold and silver onto the blockchain is seeing how many people were starting to adopt it. I mean, once you once you start to evolve and more and more people are starting to adopt something, then like you said, like once it starts going mainstream, people are talking about it. It becomes a much more, instead of some, some sort of niche market that is hopeful that this cool technology will take, all of a sudden you realize like this isn't ever going to go away. And so it sounds like that's that was just kind of the moment uh, of the Beeple sale for you is just like you knew at that moment none of this was ever going so to kind of leave. There were a few other things. So I have my own ways of consuming content. I still use RSS feeds for getting a lot of information. And so I'll read through 2000 articles a day when uh, well, like I used to have a search for the keyword, literally Facebook. Now you can imagine how many articles include the word Facebook nowadays. So it's useless um, and irrelevant. But at the beginning of a phase, you can set up a search for that, read through that content, and you can get a very quick vibe of Who's covering this? Why are they covering it? What's the storyline? And what are people actually doing? You're getting the headlines. You're you can read the articles and you can uh, quickly scan through to get sort of a feel for the market. And there were plenty of other signals sort of happening around that time where artists were jumping in, other celebrities were jumping in. But this way it felt it felt different because uh, with crypto kitties and stuff like that, you didn't have the celebrities jumping in. You just had crypto artists. Now you have like real artists using a platform that is utilized right now primarily for that uh for that's the use case that we've seen and 2021 was about collections and art basically and so um yeah w once i saw that happening i'm saying okay like th th what you were talking about some of the i think more uh ideology and other things associated with it it, that combined to just be like, yeah, th this makes a ton of sense. I don't, I don't believe that most people give two craps about the technology behind it. Mm -hmm. They just care about the fact that it empowers them to make money in a new way. Mm -hmm. And uh, and especially in America where everyone, and frankly, a lot of kids in the world care about being YouTube stars. Um, you know, there's many people dreaming of becoming famous. And I think that uh, this gives them 
a potential path of doing that and, and really uh, realizes the vision of what social media people were al always saying about social media. That is the individuals and small groups of people and communities will become the brands and they will usurp uh, traditional brands. And I, I now see that materializing with this and full believe with my whole heart that that's going to be the case. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I love hearing you talk about your journey and your conviction and when all that happened, because it is, I mean, it's so true. It's when looking at this last year uh, of 2021, it's, it's uh, fascinating to me of how many people were onboarded, especially people that are now like considered huge influencers in the space that never even knew what block, like were not interested in blockchain or crypto at all prior to 2021 and like this NFT and the cultural phenomenon of like artists and celebrities getting involved, like that was what really brought them to it and thinking like, and then it, it's, it's so fascinating to me because then after you have that curiosity, you, and you're on the blockchain, then you can learn a lot about of like what, what the blockchain actually means. Like what is decentralization? What are, what is the power of the technology? And and so I think it's, um, I've talked about it on the show a little bit, but it reminds me of a lot of like, like smartphones not taking until the iPhone made it all cool. And then it was just like game over. And now it's like, now that NFTs were like that cool trendy thing that like is just bringing everyone to the blockchain. Yep. So I mean, COVID, COVID is what did COVID like, definitely COVID helped too. that like expedited things even far faster. Um, one thing that I'm curious about, as you are helping educate others about what's going on in the space, as you're kind of researching trends, what is what are some of the things that you feel like uh, when in terms of in regards to onboarding? I know you talk a lot about trading on your show, talking about different things, uh, different projects. But in terms of in terms of like onboarding, what do you think is the the biggest gap, uh, or what is like the biggest thing that new consumers need to learn about um, about? anything when it comes to crypto or nfts uh to really start like their journey in the space and, and be successful uh the first thing is spending a month of doing research basically um when i got into the space and i was interviewing people i had uh, claire silver and justin aversano were the first two people that i had on my podcast as it applied to the nft space and they were just like people who were on Twitter talking about this that I'm like, what are y'all doing? And in the CryptoPunks Discord, although I wasn't in that until Justin was like, uh, uh, could not stop talking about it, basically. And uh, I looked back at my transactions and I didn't purchase an NFT for probably four to six weeks after even having a podcast where I was interviewing people about the space. I was just absorbing information so i think a lot of people jump in i get a bunch of dms about people i mean look we, we have a show about trading but there's only one reason that we have a show about trading and that's because that's what people want information about so 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 that's that's why uh we offer information about that but it, it's also a great way to onboard people because someone's looking out for something and i'm saying great here we are with that information and so i get a bunch of dms from people saying Hey man, I got a thousand dollars, or I got four thousand dollars that fund money uh, that I can spend on something right now. Uh, what should I spend it on? And I'm like, well, a don't, 
uh, first go and do research, hang out in our Discord. Like literally just hang out in there and there's a flood of information and you're gonna see um, people being idiots. You're gonna be see, see people making rational decisions. You're gonna see the whole gambit of, or spectrum of, uh, you know, takes on, on, on various NFT projects and like copy trade or virtually trade. Like I, I remember um, getting into stocks when I was like, I don't know, 13 or 16, something like that. Basically uh, what you would do is you would set up AOL actually back in the day uh, was where I started before Yahoo Finance shows, shows how dated I am or how old I am. But uh, they had this, um, you could set up a fake portfolio of stocks and you'd go create it and you do a stock screener and you didn't use any of your money to go do that thing. And you would just do that for months. I had no money invested in that thing, but I was just tracking it and watching it. Yet everyone jumps in this space and wants to like instantly make money. You got to like read the room. You got to like feel the vibe and like, and if you're willing to do that, then I think you now can move on to the next part. But that, that's what I usually say is literally spend a month doing nothing. And then I, I believe you'll figure it out if you're doing just, just the research and hang out. I love it. And, and I think another thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure you've seen this is like now that the, the, it's kind of, it reminds me of the AMC and GameStop era where we uh, last year just saw like this massive pump of like people that are becoming investors all of a sudden for the first time. So now we have a lot of people like in uh, like this financial instrument of the blockchain and they're like investing and they're like having to learn about investing in like extremely volatile volatile markets. And so there's a huge psychological thing that happens there. Uh, and I'd love for you to talk about maybe some of the most common conversations or things that you've seen when it comes to if you've noticed like a lot of newer people, people that have never really invested before, kind of this is their first time and and what that means because of how volatile these markets can be. Okay, well, I have, <laughs> I have a number of things to say about that. Part of that, part of that volatile market is why I believe our content is what it is and what we're truly aiming for. It's like we are showing the actual real emotion that occurs when it comes to trading in this space. I have lost money. I have made a fortune. I have done both of these things, trading in this space, and I am – frankly, just lucky with the timing when I hopped into this space. I mean, you can say that like my Nick has great intuition, which I do. You can say Nick's incredibly talented, which I am. But no, uh, what I think you could say- <laughs> Go on, really, go on. Uh, no, but uh, uh, I, I genuinely think like I got lucky on the timing, but uh, what you'll see is we expose on our show true actual emotion i've seen po does it uh my co-host nick uh the other co-host sophisticated art speculator or captain kicks depending on what he wants to be called each day uh he also ex exposes that emotion that he's going through and so the summation of it is it's emotional uh, mm. a volatile market is one where you're emotional and uh what we've realized and i think um where we've come to have peace is the way that you get out of that is that you need money in the bank. The best form of uh, being able to take risks is having security. So if someone's coming in and they don't have security, there was, I, I keep falling back to this one person because I've only seen it once in our Discord, maybe twice, and it, it pisses me off when I see it. 
it, it not pisses me off. It just gives me, I have empathy towards uh, the person on the other end who's saying, I got to pay my rent next month. And I'm like, damn, you got to pay, or tomorrow. You got to pay your rent tomorrow, but you're hanging out on Discord. Like, your priorities are completely out of whack. Like, <laughs> you're, not, like you're, you're, you're not doing the right thing, basically, right now. And, um, and, and so it really depends on where you're at. And in order to manage the volatility of this market is you need security and the ability to not be in a place where I care if my, in, uh, let's say my $750,000 of uh, existing NFTs can go down to 100,000 and it doesn't matter. Like you need to be willing to be in that place, not on a trading standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. Yeah. Um, so, so, so that to me is, is the most important thing and the understanding, which I feel like most of us in this space are constantly looking at this saying, am I really making money off these JPEGs? Like this doesn't make any sense. So if, if, if you don't have that piece of, uh, I think like a constant reality check of what you're doing and as well as the fact that this is an insanely volatile market, but you always have something to fall back on. If you don't have those two places, it's going to become way more difficult and will likely set you up uh, for losing a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I feel like that's uh, that's definitely one strategy that I've always talked about, and I've always been like I've lived by in terms of investing because uh, any time where I put money that I really can't that can't afford to lose, that's I always end up in a situation where I'm I'm either pulling it out because things go down uh, even just a small amount, uh, and it's like that's not the you you can't have conviction in an investment if you need that money for something else. You you just can't. You've got to be able to if you you have conviction too it's more of a longer term ride you can't you can't trade by a day to day or week to week uh, and really have conviction in in the long term uh, so you have to make sure you're only using money that you could afford to potentially lose or deal with that volatility one thing as you are more of a seasoned investor you've been in markets this is, the crypto and nft market is just the newest one uh, but it, i'm curious what you think about just how have you ever being an investor for for years and years have you ever seen anything like this have you ever seen the volatility and and just like the the hype cycles and and i mean obviously i i know you never probably thought 20 years ago you'd be investing in jpegs but but just in terms of the the markets it, talk to me about what it's like uh going through all the cycles of investing yeah. I have seen it, and it happens in the private market. It happens with uh, venture capital. Uh, it doesn't happen as real time. So no, from that standpoint, like you don't get the, the real time feedback, which is what a lot of NFTs are trading on. Like Pudgy Penguins is a great example of what's gone on there, where like the project was that like could do no wrong, pumped up to seven, seven uh, ETH floor or something like that, maybe even higher. Uh, the, the community was great at doing memes attacking bored apes and stuff like that and they did really well then we find out that the project owners have literally withdrawn all of the money for themselves and so then the floor crashes well first a guy from the community comes on and it sounds like a disaster behind there behind the scenes and is essentially just talking crap about the community drops down to point eight then it goes up the next then everyone's is like oh well like that's really low i'm gonna buy back in and now it's 1.7 these are all jpegs right that, that we're literally just trading back and forth. Then yesterday or, to, or last weekend, 
we find out that uh, Cole uh, theorem or whatever is basically like essentially borderline rug the, the project essentially by taking all of the money out and it's not investing in it. I don't know the whole details of it, whether or not the truth of that. But anyways, the bottom line is, okay, we're back down to point eight. So all those things happen in real time. If a startup did that, which they do, <clears throat> you wouldn't see a vol volatility in the price because there's no liquidity. But we're seeing that happen right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I got something in my throat. But um, what is interesting is I think the NFT space kind of operates like a prediction market. Um, and so what you're seeing is, is basically that's people betting on whether or not they think the future of this project uh, is significant. And so it's the first to move. But ultimately, the equity holders are the ones that and who knows, uh, I mean, it, from one project to the next, Board Ape is trying to make their communities the, the the real investors that get rewarded. But um, ultimately, it's 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 a fast moving prediction market of the uh, public perception of the success of any individual business. That, yeah. And, and that yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. But okay, so then I guess the the follow up question there would be: Have you ever seen anything where you know, like an average Joe retail investor has the opportunity to be like buying into these types of markets? Uh, because usually with VCs, you know, it's like it would be more like seasoned investors that are that are going into it, except like maybe street hustlers or something like that. Yeah, Republic tried to do that uh, and, and still does, although I don't know that that's the majority of their um, uh, business model anymore. I think that part just didn't work out, but they've tried to do crowdfund, uh, crowdfunded equity, which I was around when that was um, uh, a bunch of VCs were like lobbying Congress, essentially trying to get a bill passed for that years ago. And I, so that that um, that to me is the closest thing, but still, no, it doesn't operate with this sort of way. The, the one thing that does come close to me would be like the sneaker market or the uh, the um, uh, uh, baseball cards and uh, as well as and collection collecting cards, as well as um, any other collectibles, watches, yeah. things of that nature. I think that market is probably somewhat uh, I, I don't think it's as volatile, but it can be. And there yeah. are pockets of it that can be that volatile um, and, and it's low liquidity. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a similar market. It's just we're seeing a price on OpenSea uh, go up and down on a daily basis. Yeah, it is interesting having it tied in. Like the the fact of the the technology allows for it to become a little more liquid than some of those other markets. Like I, I have a physical painting from an NFT artist, but if I ever want to sell that, it'll take a lot more time than than just listing the NFT up on uh, of an NFT from an artist on OpenSea. I could probably sell it in a day or two. So I think you're, I mean, you're 100% right. I think those markets do exist. It's just like the, they have such subset cultures that there's, you know, the, they're so, so niche that there's only certain markets that really are I interested in buying them. But I love that analogy of, of like the collectibles, because that's, I think the closest that we can really get at this point. Now, as, as we're kind of moving forward and there's a lot of uh, these NFT projects trying to build something even bigger, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens and if there 
they're able to create like really successful, long-lasting companies that pay back the the original investors in the project. That would be kind of cool to watch play out. I'm curious what you think uh, and what you're most excited about looking forward to 2022 uh, when it comes to NFT projects. Not necessarily on new projects, but you know what what you know. How do we continue to push? forward and build something special in the space and not just like get flooded and saturated with a bunch of bs hmm well that's a good question i mean so okay there's project obviously the most obvious project that i'm interested in is my own uh, or in the one that we are uh launching but outside of that 2022 i actually do think is going to be more about tokens associated with um nfts like last year, there was a lot of conversation around social tokens, but it didn't reach the same uh, level that a lot of people were predicting. And I still do believe that that's where we're headed. Ultimately, 10,000 NFTs or even 20,000 is not enough uh, for people that break through and end up with a sizable fan base. Um, and, and you want people uh, from that standpoint, I think one area that I'm particularly interested in is that side of things obviously because that's where our own business exists but i think there's also simultaneously like other areas which i'm not even focused on uh for example the gaming area which one of my co-founders is invested in or like uh, fully involved with crypto raiders is his and there's other projects like that that i think are going to evolve or show up um and then there's uh you know the art space itself and then there's areas that we have not even seen that I think are going to show up uh, that are um, more mature and, you know, use cases that we haven't even thought of. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm most excited about seeing people do, because like I said, 2021 was us all seeing the potential and rushing in. And to me, once you get a lot of creative, high potential minds within a specific space, they're just going to build something. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what those things are going to be, but I'm super excited to have the opportunities to participate in it and to just observe uh, because I can't tell you. I just know the area the subset of the area that I'm particularly interested in. Yeah, that makes sense. And it is exciting to constantly see how the space evolves and it's like it does it keeps you on your toes because especially for you have been a kind of a student of the blockchain market uh, since er, the very early days, you you constantly see that every as as more innovators get in the space, it's just insane what is is able to be produced and the innovation especially when it comes to like uh, user interface and making it more clean and simple uh, to make sure that we continue to make it easy to onboard. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in 2022 because because the money is flowing into the blockchain at this point. So all of the innova innovation when it comes to tech is going to be in this industry. And, and like you said, I, I don't think you can really, it's impossible to comprehend where this all goes because because, I mean, we're just at the beginning. I mean, and it's true. Uh, I hate when people say we're all going to make it because a lot of people will still lose a lot of money in this space, especially when they're not educated. But it is true that we're so early when it comes to blockchain and the NFT space. Uh, yeah, most definitely. And in terms of people losing money, I mean, I think a lot of people in this space outside of uh, bad actors, the NFT space seems 
less malevolent as a whole than I've seen in the crypto space in terms of exploitative, but it still exists and there's still plenty of it in the crypto space as a whole uh, naturally attracts some of that. So I, you know, it, it's, um, it comes with its own, uh, native philosophies i guess i would say yeah that makes sense all right i want to get into um community corner so if you have questions in just a second we'll go to you before we go to community corner so go ahead and hit that request button go to the second pin tweet uh post any questions that have come up in your mind while you've been listening and we'll come over to you guys in just a second but before we do that i wanted you uh you kind of alluded to it here uh, in the last in your last answer but i know that you've been working after you know building and giving for so long now you you're working on building something uh and i'd love for you to talk about like what you've got in the pipeline i know you talked about uh, on your twitter that you had a whitelist it's closed now but just to explain a little bit what about what you you're, you're working to build in the new year and uh, and what what makes you excited about it? Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to think about how to uh, present this. We haven't shared all the information about our NFT primarily for one reason, because we wanted to reward the people who are, I know what we're capable of and we are actively executing on uh, and obviously, if you buy something, you want to know what what you're getting. But simultaneously, a lot of people in the NFT space and what they're buying doesn't give them anything. Uh, and so what we are building is an NFT, uh, which is essentially both an access. Uh, it's, there's community access element to it. There is software that we've been building. You can see it on the nifty.com, but uh, I haven't. I personally built that and I haven't had time to update it. So I hired an engineer and we'll be expanding that team. Um, and then there's other items as well that are going to fall into basically rewarding early supporters. And so I've seen a lot of people who have followings charge uh, significant amounts for their NFTs and then not deliver anything and then have these huge gaps of time where they're not even uh, where, where nothing is showing up and there, there's no value actually for the holders themselves. We are, just want to build something which rewards the community that believes in us because they're ultimately what enables us to succeed. Yeah. So if we're, and, and like I said earlier on, I do believe that social tokens themselves are going to become uh, incredibly valuable. So if you think about all elements associated with that, I had another call coming. Uh, if you think about that, you end up happening here is just building that brand. And we essentially, the simplistic view of it would be that it's a social token associated with us. That's okay. how I would dumb it down without saying, here, here are, here's our 12-month roadmap. I just hate providing roadmaps yeah. um, because, because it's all these promises that sets up anticipation and we have enough people in our community that just are excited to be part of, of that community and learn from it that I'd much rather reward them 
than go turn around and go sell something to somebody else and trying to convince them that they need to buy into our NFT and here's why. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's where we see the difference in in projects that have done really well. I mean, there are certain projects that just are uh, really good at marketing and hyping, and uh, there's some experts at it. But I think the ones that obviously are more sustainable find an organic community and organic growth uh, path. Don't get me wrong, like we are going to market the hell out of it, but if I if I keep marketing it as aggressively as humanly possible, two things are gonna happen. First, we're gonna attract a new audience. So right. we're gonna dilute our existing audience. But the second thing is I'm not rewarding the the, the early members did not get actually rewarded yeah. in, in any way, basically. I instead just went and said Hey, if you want this thing and you think price is going to go up, come and buy into this. Like, and that's not what I want to promise. I want instead someone who's like, I want to hold on to this thing. It looks dope. I like this community and the value that I'm getting out of this far su uh, su supersedes uh, what I paid for this, which let's be clear. Like if you look at Nansen or a software like that, it's $200 a month. This NFT is going to cost what's equivalent at this point. The price has gone down thanks to ETH, uh, which is a whole other thing. But let's say that it's uh, 0.069 times the current price of ETH. It's $220. I'm just telling you, for one, for, for this purchase, you're going to get a lifetime of value if you just hold on to that one NFT. So you're not going to want to get rid of it. I just that's all that's all I'm going to say about it. That's uh, I mean, and I love, but I also love that you're wanting to build this before you know you want to reward the uh, the people that have believed in you and and are part of the community. I think that's a huge important part of anyone that's building in this space is like. Uh, the people that really believed in you, I, I'm focused on building something as well right now, but I'm doing it now because I want I want it to be more the people that really are are uh, authentic and have been with me from the start. So if you if you start if you start building before you kind of take off, then you can really reward those the people that have been with you for for the you know, the, the OGs of your, your uh, community. And so I think that's pretty cool and special that you're focused on that is, of really trying to, to build up the people that have kind of given you the voice that you have in the space. They add so much value and more than more value than uh, the individual co-hosts of our, our current show are capable of providing basically. Yeah. And that's something that like, I want them to know that I respect them and I in insanely value them. And this is one of the first times in history that the that a uh, someone who's building an audience has the ability to give back in a substantial way. And I'm going to work to ensure that that's what I'm providing. And as long as that happens, I don't see it. there's no way for us to fail. The only question yeah. is how big how big does it get? Yeah, amen. Hey, I'm excited to continue to watch. I've been watching how you've you've been grinding and growing in the space. I cannot wait to watch the next year and see what you guys do. And uh, I'm excited to to just uh, continue to build alongside you because, like you said, like in this space, we're just all when you're building in this space and you're grinding, it's all about it's it's all about you know f building these communities that are really important and building alongside others that see the same vision and continue to onboard. Uh, because, you know, as 
as hosts on these like Twitter spaces and stuff, we really are are like the first point of access that a lot of people have to the space. And so I'm I'm uh, thrilled with the amount of knowledge that you have. That you're one of the people that are just kind of blowing up and and onboarding people because it's uh, it's important that people are following and listening to voices that understand uh, what's happening. And and um, you have really good insights. So I appreciate you uh, taking the time and the energy, and it's a lot of time and energy to, to keep grinding out every day. All right, man. Let's go to Community Corner. We got a lot of people requesting come up. You can request come up, and we'll bring some people up to ask uh, Nick some questions. Get your catnip and questions ready. It's time for you to take the stage for another segment of Community Corner. All right. First one we have up is the managing director of TDG, scummers.eth. What's up, man? How are you? Thanks for coming on stage. I don't see this person on stage. Maybe they're not connected. Hold on one second. Let's bring someone else up. I've been having issues lately with uh, spaces for some reason taking a terribly long time to connect people. Have you have you had that issue or is it just me? Uh, I have seen people getting rugged from the stage. The connecting to the stage is key. I've seen listeners get rugged as well. You know, it's just kind of uh, part of the uh, space at this point. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, is he up here now? I think he's up here. Yep. Scummers.eth, how are you, man? Sorry, we uh, we had some issues bringing you up, but you're here with us now. No, I'm I'm all good. Uh, yeah, I was having some internet issues too, uh, so I think that was partially me, maybe partially you. Um, but no, uh, I'm I'm doing great. How are you guys? Great. No one wanted to pull you up if you had a question for Nick uh, from listening to the show, man. Yeah, I mean, I just. I kind of did. Um, Nick, uh, I mean, you pretty much just described everything uh, that you've been, you know, kind of what you've been doing. Um, is there anything that you would want to advise to, like, people who are, who have been in this space? Um, I'm not really framing the question that I want to say correctly. Um Uh, uh, I tell them to get the hell out. It's, we, yeah. we saw the top. It's time to leave. Good, good time, y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw the video of you trying to pump up the market, and it wasn't working well, Nick. It, it didn't work, dude. The pump broke. I don't know what the hell is going on there, but like, uh, uh, you know, but eventually it'll work. I think I just need to buy a new air pump. <laughs> Yeah, that's the key. We need to get better air pumps. Maybe even, you know, just get a generator, something that has a little more power than, I mean, I, I don't know how much you go to the gym, but maybe it's just like you are you need to find something that has a little more oomph to it. Wow, Zing. Um, I would say uh, we need more buyers. So if uh, keep uh, buying scummers, that would be great. We need that to keep going. So support the market, buy some ETH. Buy, yeah, buy, buy ETH, I, especially when it's low. Right now is the time. I agree. It's at a fucking steal right now. Uh, sorry, excuse my language. Um, no, you're fine. But uh, okay, so I kind of had a better idea of kind of 
saying what I was trying to get at. Um, with the future market, um, what like obviously we know ETH is down at a you know support level right now. Hopefully, we'll find that support soon. Um, what what are your uh, projections for ETH? Uh, just in your opinion, uh, not necessarily uh, financial advice, but what do you think th- it's going to go to? Um, and what should uh, people who have been in the game, what should they do? Well, I, I mean, people who have been in the game, I have no idea. They, they're going to do what they, they're going to do. If you've survived the space long enough, like, I, I can't speak for you. You, you, got, you got your own uh, game plan. I don't think it's that support. Personally, I'm targeting 3,000, or if it goes below that, I don't even want to say. Um, so that that's sort of uh, where I'm at right now. But look, prices go up, prices go down. Uh, the real question is, do you believe that this is going up long term? And my answer is yes. If you're a day trader, I don't know. I don't actually day trade crypto. Yeah. Um, and so it's hard for me to say. I have price points where I'd want to get in, but I'm not there right now. I love and I love that uh, like the the long once again kind of the long term conviction outlook just like you depending on when you buy you just you've got to be ready for there to it's, it may not be the the bottom yet you've got to be ready to, for it to go down a little farther even if you buy now uh, not that it's not a good price in the long run but I love that that you kind of uh, kind of went back to to the fact that during these market trends, you're going to see the, this volatility. And I love that you just mentioned too, that it could go uh, much lower as well, depending on if it breaks different support. So uh, I think that's important to remind people of. I've got XY Pex up here. What's going on, man? Thanks for coming on stage. Hello. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask Nick. <coughs> <coughs> All right, you uh, NFT Nick, you bring the quality uh, people to the stage, brother. There's so many good. You know, I'm gonna just go ahead and. Uh, hey, you're, it, it, I'm the one. You're I'm the one bringing them up, man. <laughs> Who the hell are these people, brother? All right, you know what? I don't know if I. I was trying to find. I don't have a lot of people on here that I uh, recognize, so I don't know if I'm gonna even trust any more questions because those first two uh, were not making me feel great. So I do have a question that's on the Twitter thread posted though. So I will ask this one. It says, "I'm inspired uh, by what you do as someone." working and wanting to build what are what are what uh, advice do you give people to level up their game or to uh build in the space uh man you just got to show up it's like going to the gym sharpen the swords uh it's really just every day i mean i think that's the bottom line Uh, showing up accounts for 99 percent of literally everything you don't need you don't go to the gym as a bodybuilder. You go up into an ecosystem as an expert on that space. The way you become the expert is you keep working out. And that, that ultimately is the same thing for literally any ecosystem. Yeah. So that's, all, that's all that you got to do is show up, come there every day, and uh, try and be helpful or not even be helpful. Try and learn. Just pay attention. Listen. Like, you, there's no uh, – if this – if making money, if the window of making money in this space is only going to be uh, for another week, well, we're all screwed. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not what it is. The opportunity here is massive. And that people always say, oh, we're still early or we're so early. We are. 
that's just the numbers are that we are so early. There's a lot of content being created around it. There's a lot of people that are interested in it, but we are so legitimately early in this space. Just think about 2017, all the YouTube channels that like disappeared mm -hmm. basically because no one was interested in crypto anymore. So the, it, it took three years or four years for that space, four years basically to fully materialize. And so that's where we're at from just that boom, from everyone being having some interest, enough people are willing to stick around. Play the long game, stick around. Today and tomorrow don't matter. It's it's really, uh, you just got to be showing up. Yeah, and I love, as a builder too, people think that you're just like grow, like you can grow so quickly, but it's like they don't, a lot of people don't think and realize how much work goes into building and being there every day and uh, starting from from no audience and building it up. It's like, a, it's a serious grind. And if you're going to, if you have the willpower and you have the the curiosity to learn and want to grow with others, you can, I mean, the sky's the limit, but you got to put in the work and you got to really, uh, you really got to hone your own craft, like you said. And so I love that. All right. I've got some, um, people that I do recognize that are often frequent in my show. The first one is Doge Alliance who, uh, did that really cool, uh, that little video that he, of you pumping up, uh, the thing that I, I retweeted earlier. So I brought him up. What's up Doge Alliance? Hey, how's it going? Both of you guys have awesome um, Twitter spaces and love listening to uh, the Morning Alpha every morning. And the Discord for the uh, Nifty Alpha is definitely um, get in there because they do drop in a lot of knowledge. Um, my question for you, Nick, was um, for you, Pio, and uh, Captain Kicks, like how did you guys end up um, kind of like creating the show that you have now? Was it just like, let's do this? Or I was curious on how that was made. Sorry, I was muted. How what was made? The origin uh, like, of the the morning alpha. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so uh, his name is Nick. Uh, met many years ago at a friend's going away party. She was moving to Austin, and never saw him again. Um, and then last in twenty twenty, when the market was crashing, I had had like a bunch of other people uh, put options on the COVID trade, made money, and then it became like 2020 was like uh, trading stocks here. Um, and and uh, so we would tweet back and forth at each other. I saw him entering the NFT space. I was in the NFT space, so we uh, he came on my show. That was the first part. So Captain Kicks, Nick, sophisticated art speculator, he goes by all these things. Um, he, uh, I had had him on the show. People liked it. And so I decided, hey, we got to do more of that. I did a second show. And he was like, you got to chat with these guys at Nifty Culture. And in particular, I saw Pio. And Pio had uh, been doing YouTube stuff. And I kept seeing him. And I'm like, man, this guy is a grinder. He's got that work ethic, the same work, worth that work ethic that I do. Um, we're, he's going to figure it out. And... Um, so I reached out to him. I was like, dude, you want to do a Twitter spaces or something like that? Um, we started it. He came up with, he put the alpha in the nifty alpha. And uh, that was, yeah, that was it. We ended up uh, doing that. I was like, look, these Twitter spaces have a ton of potential. And I think we can provide a voice, which is completely uh, counter um, to what exists today. Uh, I, 
as someone who had come from hosting a podcast, interviewing influencers, things like that, I was like, let's just go in the polar opposite direction and just go like full degen. Um, so, so that's, <laughs> so, so, that's, that's awesome. That's we did. I love it. And like you said, the emotion of like be, having a degen show is fun. I mean, you can tell you guys really enjoy it and have a great time with it. I love it. Great question, well, Doge. Uh, all right, next uh, we got Bennett up on stage. What's going on, Bennett? Thanks for coming up. Hey, what's going on, guys? Sorry, I only got to hear about half of it, been in and out. But uh, my question is, it seems like NFTs and Ethereum are just tied uh, neck and neck. Is there a way that, like, for example, Bored Apes is probably the most popular. Is there a way it can untie itself from Ethereum and, and still survive even if Ethereum went to zero? I. Uh, I do not think NFTs are dependent on Ethereum. I think Ethereum gets a big boost from NFTs right now. NFTs are the Trojan horse for crypto, basically. And so uh, the, I didn't even, I actually had, so I started uh, last year, I was actually working at a layer one blockchain uh, that's about to launch, basically. And they, um, I was talking with my friend who is a co-founder of it, technically. And he was saying, I was talking about the NFTs and the apes. He's like, you just got to get rid of those things. Those things aren't going anywhere. And like, it just kept happening. He's like, my gosh, dude, you got, you may have the next Bitcoin here. Um, and, and realize the impact. Look, it, it, the blockchain doesn't, doesn't actually matter. It does, but it doesn't. The blockchain, the, the philosophers will debate the philosophy of all these different blockchains and we need them in the ecosystem to go and do that and the deeply technically savvy people who share in the decentralized ideals of uh of crypto basically to participate in that um but ultimately uh i i think nfts are here to say uh, stay and that's um th that's the bottom line and uh, I think Ethereum, you know, here's hoping that they pull off ETH 2.0, that this turns into something that's wonderful and uh, we all live in glorious harmony. But um, I, I, I'm as good as anybody else, maybe slight advantage because I'm talking about it every day. But uh, yeah, it, it predicting which of these blockchains are going to succeed. I, I am betting on Ethereum. I like Ethereum. I like Solana. Um, I prefer Ethereum. And so uh, th that's kind of where I'm at. I love I, I love that uh, analogy too of like the tool. I, I I've I, you kind of pushed my thinking there a little bit, Nick, with when saying you know the uh, that the the NFTs really are what makes you super bullish because that's like the tool the people are building on this ecosystem then and like on the blockchain in these different networks and so they're going to continue to build. And, and the tools that are available for building kind of happen over time. But, uh, but you're right, like the building in that, that makes sense why you made the analogy to the Facebook as well is like that once the tools are available for people to build, that's, uh, that's what makes you so bullish on everything that's happening. People said that the internet wasn't going to make it. And you have to understand the financial incentives were not as significant as it is right now. Yes a bunch of MIT and Harvard and other graduates like that that wanted to go raise venture capital were able to in the 90s and just go and get uh, money when they wanted. But, and that still kind of exists today in the venture capital space. But the bottom line was uh, 
people buy ebooks all the time about how to make money online. Now okay. you have Shopify. Now you have all these other things. And that space is millions and millions and millions and millions of people. And we're at like 2 million. This mm -hmm. thing is going, we're, we're, we're going to uh, 10x this year, at least. And then I like, we're on this path to a billion people having crypto wallet. Uh, well, oh, sorry. So crypto wallets is actually pretty sizable. NFT holding wallets is a different story. I, I think that's going to be like, we're on the fast path towards that, towards a billion people. Amazing. Thanks, Bennett, for that question, too. That really, uh, that answer really gave me perspective even more on, on Nick's thoughts. So appreciate you coming up. All right. One final question from Signal, and then we'll end it out. Thanks for coming up, Signal. Thanks, Carl, for bringing me up. Um, my question to Nick. Hey, Nick. Um, what so up? Lot, hey, so last year was all about PFP. And um, I've been in the space long enough to be, you know, somewhat confident about picking the next PFP. Um, collection, but 2022, I've heard, you know, you, PO, and Captain Kick say the biggest area will, will be P to E gaming. Personally, my experience as a gamer goes as far as Mario Kart. Um, in a world of NFTs, gaming, and DeFi, how do we sort of predict and choose gaming projects which will be the equivalent of the blue chips for 2022? Um, if, if, if you're not necessarily from a gaming background? Well, Captain Kicks has a strong incentive to say that because uh, he works at Crypto Raiders. I don't know that that's actually the holistic trend for 2022. I, I think it's one of the trends. Uh, I think I, I still um, view that the social token aspect of things is a massive trend. The uh, As it applies to the gaming, we are at, I keep comparing it to iPhone 2 uh, when it first came out. And that was when iPhone 2 was the first one with the actual developer ecosystem. Um, you couldn't build apps until iPhone 2. And that's sort of where we're at at this point in time. Um, you're like, it, it's, it's way, it's still too early. I think there's going to be massive investment um, in terms of picking it. I don't think you even know the ones that are about to come out with significant investment. And I would actually bet against actively many of the ones in the crypto space because they have no gaming experience. Uh, and I would instead bet that there's going to be a Disney uh, at the at the high end of things. There's well, I can tell you this has happened back with the Facebook uh, platform days. There were games Zynga came out of that space. Um, I remember when that was actually started and Mark Pincus had hired an agency to basically build a poker game and uh, Texas Hold'em, which was just a standard known game. We don't see any of those uh, currently on the blockchain. And I think what we need is still a further reduction in friction. And I think that NFTs are just a catalyst to get more interest into this ecosystem but we still need more development on the underpinnings of this entire space, including Flow Blockchain, uh, Solana, Ethereum, all these other things. So I think we're still six months away from those platforms, six to 12 months away from those platforms maturing to a point where we can see a mass uh, transfer over to blockchain gaming. Um, but I, the answer to your question, where are we gonna see that? How do we figure that out? It's really going to be uh, social proof.
people who've been around this space for a long time or have a track record. Uh, all these sites are going to increasingly look like pitch decks and increasingly look like ICOs from back in the day. Hmm, and hmm. some of those are actually going to materialize and some people will get in trouble for it. It's, uh, it, that's a great question, Signal. Thanks for coming up. I appreciate you always coming up on the show. Um, man, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a crazy year, Nick. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, what materializes. I mean, talking to you and just chatting with you, it just is a good reminder of, one, how early we are, but two, that, like you said, like a lot of the building that's happening right now is on such small scales. There's You don't have a lot of these like com- big commercial and, and uh, these big industries flowing into the space yet and actually building, uh, but I think 2022, we're going to see more of that because uh, they they know what's coming and they want to get in on, I mean, where, where there's money to be made, they're going to move to. So it's going to be an interesting year. And I know you're going to continue to help uh, a lot of people learn uh, along the way. So thank you so much again for everything you do. If you don't already, make sure to go follow Nick. Thanks so much. All right, man. Have a good one. I appreciate you again coming on the show. Um, and I, I'm excited to see what you do with your the project that you do. I'll be uh, keeping an eye on it. And um, if you ever need anything from me, you always let me know too. Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks so much. This has been another production of Guttercat Studios. All conversations with Crazy Carl are for educational purposes only. You should never take financial advice from a cat or anybody really, especially financial advisors. Take control of your own financial future and do your own research always. That's all for now. Until next time, we'll see you in the metaverse.